your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, it's time for our Friday morning coffee break and uh, great to have in the studio Fran O'Donnell of Futurama Productions, a pretty busy man at the moment, I can tell you, with uh, Limerick on ice uh, and also Mary Hogan, formerly of Hogan's Pharmacy in Limerick and a good friend of the show as well. And Pat Brown of uh, Monster Images is on the line this morning and you're all very welcome. And I was wondering, Fran, considering you're used to cold temperatures at the moment with Limerick on ice and the ice rink, does this sort of weather generally suit what you're doing or not? Well, I have to start off by apologising, Joe. Oh, yes. Uh, for the extreme low temperatures. I, <laughs> I left the door of the ice rink open last night, so I'm very sorry about that. Yeah, I so. It's pretty cold in the ice rink anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's uh, chilled at minus 12. Oh, so, yeah. So we actually had to start heating the ice yesterday because it would go brittle in the extreme colds. So we bring up the temperatures. Right. And, and and generally speaking, I suppose, once roads are open and all of that mm. and people can get around the town, the, the colder temperatures don't affect what oh, you're doing. No, absolutely not. No, it's it's great. As long as it's dry and, I mean, hopefully the sun on the way as well. So nice blue skies and crisp air, lovely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely great for it. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Mary, do you like this sort of weather? I do, actually. I like it all the more now that I'm retired. (laughs) When I woke up this morning and saw how cold it was out, I was able to turn over. Mm. I was saying to somebody that, you know, maybe it's a tale of an older generation, but I remember my grandmother, God rest her soul, used to always say, oh, a good cold spell will get rid of all the bugs. Yeah. Yeah, everyone says that. And I suppose there might be some level of truth in it, certainly in gardening and things like that. Uh, if you, you kill off more pests in the winter and as a result you get less of a disease burden into the spring uh, because a lot of plants have overwintered very healthily but uh, very in recent years. You know, plants that should have died and the frost have kept going but so have the insect burden that has built up in the garden. So it probably helps rebalance. But in terms of humans, given how much we live indoors, it probably isn't that right. significant. Because of course being indoors you know, increases the chance of viruses yeah. transferring yeah. as we well as know. We've all but it is a pretty nasty period at the moment isn't it? You know, Covid is one thing but you're dealing with all sorts of bugs and now they're talking about strep aren't they? Well, this, yeah, the strep, uh, I mean, most of us have heard of people having a strep throat for years. And uh, now this is just that sometimes this is breaking out and attacking other organs in the body and you're getting some very uh, serious uh, illnesses. And, of course, the danger is that parents are going to be worried and are going to panic and um, overwhelm the health services, you know. So I think the message to parents is trust your trust your own instincts. And uh, they're saying if children are alert and if they're responding well to something like Calpol or um, other agents, if they're running a temperature, but if it's responding and if they're perking up and if they're still eating and most importantly, if they're still drinking, uh, then they're saying, you know, your child probably has a normal winter bug. But if the child is uh, showing signs of listlessness, listlessness and is maybe not filling an appy, I think, is the big one. You know, if the child is not piddling enough and are not inclined to drink, 
then it's time to get worried. Right, right. And, and then, of course, antibiotics, you know, they're, they're not always the solution. Um, they have to be used in the right way and sparingly yeah. enough. There's a shortage of some types of antibiotics yes. at the moment. Well, there's an ongoing chronic medicine shortage at the moment. It, it seems to go around in waves. And I know that we have a WhatsApp group in Limerick by which pharmacists can all contact each other to try to find where someone has stocks. If, you know, you may have an emergency prescription and if you have no stock and uh, you can find out who has it and redirect the patient there. And um, I just see different mess, um, uh, different drugs. You know, the most amazing ones going short, prednisolone, soluble prednisolone in short supply. Some antibiotics, some of the basic ones in short supply. And part of the reason for that is that the price of these has become so cheap in Ireland now that there are actually some companies maybe uh, redirecting them to markets where the price is higher. Right. Fascinating. Um, Pat Brown, are you a fan of this cold weather? Oh, yeah, well, depends. <laughs> I had an early start this morning. I'm down in Healy Ray territory today. <laughs> I'm um, heading down to Park Nassilla in Slane for a wedding. So it was an early start. Freezing fog, slow traffic. But it's, it's bright down here now. Mm. Sun is out. Ice right. is melting and the roads are in good condition. So oh, really? So, so I can travel, it's okay. Right, you know? so the roads weren't too bad? They were fine. The, the motor was gritted, so that was fine. Um, and from Limerick on down, the roads were fairly okay. Yeah. I mean, the council were telling us here on the show yesterday that uh, I think there's 4,000 kilometres, they said, of roads in Limerick City and County. And at most, they can grit 20% of those but obviously they focus on the major infrastructure and they were warning people though on secondary roads and you know in estates and all of that just watch out for black ice and, and that sort of uh, of thing um, alright guys well what we'll do is we'll take a short break and uh, lots of other things to chat about with uh, Pat Brown with Fran O'Donnell and with Barry Hogan Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With the Goal Mile, proudly supported by AIB. Register at goalmile.org to make a difference. Now, we have uh, Mary Hogan, uh, formerly of Hogan's Pharmacy, with me in the studio. Pat Brown is on the line from Munster Images and Fran O'Donnell of Futurama Productions is uh, with me. And uh, Fran, as I mentioned earlier, um, you uh, are involved in Limerick on Ice and you're getting people in there. Um, What are your thoughts on the overall Limerick City Centre offering? Uh, Joe Ledden was critical of some of the aspects of what's happening around Arthur's Key Park, for example, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I was around town myself on Saturday and there was a great buzz. We had bands playing and buskers out and all that. And overall, it gave a, a great festive feel to the place. Uh, the Christmas market scenario there, we're not responsible for that. So um, all I can talk about really is the ice rink. This year, um, we've invested in a new dome below, which is uh, just to rent it for the six weeks is 84000 Just that segment alone. So we have put our money where our mouth is and the people are coming out and they are enjoying it and they're having fun and that's what it we should be having fun, you know, family, friends at Christmas, that's what it is about um, and we are l- losing sight of small, but it's very very commercial the whole lot, but it is, that's part of Christmas as well mm. um, But I suppose the only thing is for you the physical visibility mm. might be helpful, wouldn't it, as people were approaching it, um, because at the moment it's a 
little bit difficult to see your specific offering. Yeah, well, that's going to change on December 24th because the village will leave um, the park at that stage. There will be still some um, entertainment like the carousel and the, the Ferris wheel. They will stay right up till the 8th of January when when we actually stop. But the actual rest of the village will be gone. So, And that will mean a lot of the fencing will be gone as well. So it will be very, very visible. Yeah. I mean, Mary, the reality is it's a fairly challenging time for Limerick City Centre. And there's a lot going on. We know the roadworks have been paused until January to give traders an opportunity in the city centre and the other things that are happening. We know there are Christmas in Limerick initiatives as a result of that. I will say I walked up through town myself on Tuesday evening. It was dark at that point. The lights did look very good. And you were starting to see some of the logic around the traffic works you know, it was it was starting to make some sense yes it's uh, i mean it's a tough time for retail everywhere in the past 2 years uh, people who never bought online have started buying online the, the, there's been a phenomenal growth in that and that's a knock on challenge to retail and the retail offering in Limerick has declined a lot and the roadworks and the length of time they've taken haven't helped uh, the roadworks, it, it's beginning to look lovely. It's beginning to look, as you said, you can see the logic. You can begin to see it develop. But the retailers have had a torrid time of it, a really torrid time. And you'd appeal to people to come in and come into the city centre. And that's why it's good to see some of the offerings. I, mean, I was in town on Saturday as well. And there was a great buzz around the place. There was a real festive feeling. You know, I was amazed at how busy it was. I haven't been down to Arthur's Key to the, to the Christmas fair. I'm not <laughs> going to risk ice skating, I'm afraid. <laughs> and why not? <laughs> Dodgy ankles would probably be a good answer to that. But um, I'd love to go down around there, and I will over okay. the next few You'll days. You'll get a sense of it yourself, but, yeah. yeah. And, and Pat Brown, what are your thoughts about all of this? Well, the only thing I've, the issue I've had with it is was trying to find parking. <laughs> so I wanted to go into the milk market last week and the multi-story was closed. It was actually not open to the public at all. And the surface car park was full. Um, Arthur's Key was full. So if I'd wanted to, to go into town, I'd have to go all the way out to, to, to Cleves nearly to park. Yeah, no, I mean, again, they are doing certain things around parking and, you know, there are parking offers. Isn't that not the case? Well, there's one great... Uh car park that people tend to forget about and it's Old Windmill Lane that's known as Tanyard Lane by some of us locals. Just off Upper William Street there's always space in it and uh, people tend to forget about it and it's not the dearest one in town either. It's actually quite good value and very close to the market. Mm, there's a tip now for you Pat. Did you... <laughs> it was full. <laughs> w- was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I know you... Tanyard Lane well but yeah that's why I went first and then I went the other multi-story you did, you and did then it. that was closed so I had to loop around You did a fair bit of research then didn't you? Oh, well I did a fair bit of driving around trying to come on I want to go to the yeah, market yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well doesn't that say something in itself that uh, people are coming into town mm-hmm. and if they're parking it means they're shopping they're eating you know they're spending money in the city and, and the thing is, I mean, Toulouse is one of the French rugby teams that brings a crowd yes. with them generally, doesn't it? So you would hope that there'll be that buzz around town. The game on Sunday, they may well arrive tomorrow. You know, yeah. some of them... Make a I weekend think, out of it. I, I don't know if he's still doing it, but Trevor Brennan was a great man to bring a tour um, yeah. with him and he'd meet up with Claude and, and the they'd flag. go around town <laughs> and they'd have a bit of crack at the game. And yeah. like, that's that's brilliant, you know. I mean, I mean, and for us, you know, 
Toulouse coming to town to play Munster. Like it's it's like you know uh, the the Real Madrids or the Barcelonas of the world, isn't it? In, in rugby terms, uh, it is, and it, it'll be a great uh, occasion. It'll be a great match, and uh, the French do travel. Hmm. which is great, they will be coming into the city and they will be met with banter and slagging, as we say, but it'll all be in good, uh, good taste. Yes. And, and of course, they are our closest EU neighbours these days. Now, yeah. let's, not, let's not forget. <laughs> next, next stop, France. Moving sweetly so, onwards. So, so on one side, it's next stop America. And on the other side, it's next stop France uh, yeah. these days. Not that people won't be coming and going to England and the UK and, and all of that. Now, I would imagine, Pat Brown, that you sat down last night and you in front of the telly and you watched all three hours, the first three episodes of Harry and Meghan on Netflix. Did you? I haven't seen a single episode. I had a wedding in Dublin yesterday, so again, I was making my way down through crappy traffic. No, are you serious? I'm sure you will watch it, though, won't you? Well, you can't really avoid the damn thing, Mm. because it's it's popping Mm. up everywhere. You go onto Facebook or any of the social media platforms and it's all about Harry and Meghan and I'm like oh seriously give us a break (laughs) I'll tell you one thing I'd say the Netflix executives will have a very happy Christmas I can only imagine what the viewing figures and the downloads for it um, will be I mean, I sat down and watched the first hour of it last night. I know you're a very busy man now, friend. I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you missed it. Did you see any of it, Mary? I saw the oh, first hour last great, night. Great, Mary, like myself. <laughs> so what did you think? Well, I fell asleep. But Mary. <laughs> oh. <Oops>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Harry and Meghan. I like Harry and... Well, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Harry and Meghan. I think they're a bit mixed up. I, I, He... He should have been better able to prepare her if she sincerely isn't able to cope with uh, life in the royal family. He should have been better able to maybe prepare her for it um, because it is what it is. It's it's awful. I mean, the, most of last night's programme was about the paparazzi. Mm. You'd have to agree that the way the paparazzi treated Diana and the way the media have treated Megan was terrible. I mean, I, I remember there was a report of someone leaning into the car after the accident in which Diana died and photographing her, her, her body. Yes, right. and, they, and they were, and there was a huge controversy around that. They were never published, thankfully, mm. um, or certainly not for an extended period of time. I mean, there was one publication somewhere else in the world, and there were all sorts of injunctions and, and that taken. Yeah. That yeah, was. I, I mean, look, there's no doubt it's a challenge. Maybe I often think about Megan that maybe she thought she understood celebrity because she was one she was in the move you know she was in 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 the suit series which was a big series in the states but of course like when you're dealing with the royals it's on a totally different totally different and you have all the public appearances where you do and i mean they've come to that where you have to get out of the car and put on your face and you know you have to put on that smile and be gracious and it's a big deal for all the people whatever people you're visiting that day it's a big deal that one of the royals is coming yeah uh, so and it's unrelenting it's never ending and it's it's every day but it, it just, I don't know, the way they seem to have milked it since they went abroad is... Well, well, I think I that, that's the dilemma for them, isn't it? You know, we, we, we want to get away from it, but here mm. we are doing a Netflix series. You know, yeah. six six hours of, of so, you know, there there you go. Um, all right, well, listen, um, thank you very much uh, to uh, the three of you for talking to us this morning, Mary Hogan and Fran O'Donnell. Your views, 